The Mariners finished out this week with a wild game in Toronto that went into extra innings, led by Taylor Trammell's Grand Slam, as well as his play in the field. Home runs by Teoscar Hernandez, two by Cal Raleigh, and a game-tying single by J.P. Crawford in the top of the ninth inning, down to his final strike. Here's the win probability chart from the game. The Blue Jays had scored eight unanswered runs after Taylor Trammell's Grand Slam in the first inning, and the Mariners creeped back. To finish out a tough week on the road, finishing 2-5 since last Sunday, and they are now 12-16 on the year. Their schedule heading into May is not going to get any easier, although they do have seven games against Oakland, so you can lock in about five wins at least. The Mariners now have the lowest batting average in all of baseball at a 219 batting average, are 28th in OPS at 671, and have had some of the worst production in all of baseball at the DH spot. But technically, since Teo was playing DH today, the production from that role increased exponentially. But the Mariners have been needing to find another bat, or at least a spark in the offense. And they might have just found their answer in outfielder Taylor Trammell. If you think back to early spring training, there was a bit of a competition for left field between Taylor Trammell, Jared Kelnick, and Cade Marlowe. Jared Kelnick had gone down to Southern California in the offseason to do his work. Taylor Trammell had gone to driveline baseball in Kent, Washington to work on some holes in his game, focusing on hitting both breaking balls and lefties. And Cade Marlowe had been called up for the Mariners' postseason push, but he didn't see any playing time. The Mariners seemed to be very impressed with Trammell's offseason work, as they were with J.P. Crawford's work with driveline baseball. With J.P. Crawford, we have seen improvements on the on-base percentage and slugging department from last year, and the Mariners and fans were expecting some improvements from Taylor Trammell as well. Then just before spring training, Trammell broke his hammock bone in his hand during a preseason workout and hit the injured list. Since coming back from his injury, Trammell has been tearing it up in Tacoma. In his eight games, he has a 345 batting average with two home runs and two doubles, a 1.049 OPS. And just as important as his bat, he will be able to contribute in the field as well. He showed off his athleticism today in Toronto, and he's got the wheels to cover some ground in the outfield as well. And if he was working on breaking pitches and off-speed in the off-season, then it looks like he did a good job. He crushed this changeup off of Chris Bassett today for his first career Grand Slam. I also wouldn't be surprised if we see Cade Marlowe pretty soon, as Julio sat out today with some lower back tightness, which is definitely concerning. We'll see if he's back in the lineup when they start their series in Oakland on Tuesday. But as I mentioned, Caleb Marlowe is on a tear to begin the year. He had gotten injured in spring training with an oblique injury and is now back to full health. He's batting 349 with a home run, five doubles, and three triples through just 10 games so far this year in AAA. Honestly, moving forward, I say you DFA Tommy LaStella, bring up Cade Marlowe, and this is my ideal lineup. You keep the two best hitters as well as power and speed combos in Rodriguez and Kelnick at the top. Ty France and Teoscar Hernandez, three and four to drive in those guys. Big Dumper at the five spot. Taylor Trammell comes up as another power speed combo. A. Eugenio Suarez, who is prone to strikeouts but has the power. Then you got Colton Wong, who ties Jared Kelnick for the most hits since last Sunday with seven hits. A couple broken bat singles today, but it'll be awesome to see once he figures it out. And then you got the team's on-base percentage leader and J.P. Crawford at the bottom of the lineup to get on base, ready to go for when Rodriguez and Kelnick come up to the plate. And then you have a bench consisting of one outfielder, two infielders, and a catcher in outfielder Cade Marlowe, infielders Jose Caballero and Sam Haggerty, and then catcher Tom Murphy. 
And in case you hadn't heard, Dylan Moore felt something in his core during his rehab assignment. He had gotten surgery on his core in the offseason, so he flew out to Philly to meet with his doctor for a second opinion, but that doesn't sound too good for his timeline. Then we get to the joy of the starting rotation. At the top, we still have Luis Castillo. Next up, we had Robbie Ray. Then we had Chris Flexen. Then we called up Easton McGee from AAA, who decided to have an absolutely phenomenal day in Toronto. He took a no-hitter through six and two-thirds innings before giving up a double to Matt Chapman. With where his position in the rotation was lined up, he was set to have his next start be Friday night against the Astros on City Connect night. However, before the series finale in Toronto, Easton McGee was placed on the 15-day IL with a right forearm strain. I'm curious if this was an actual injury or just one of those injuries to where they're like, okay, we need to free up a roster spot, so we're gonna throw you on the IL. And with the Mariners starting their next series in Oakland on Tuesday, they currently are set to pitch Logan Gilbert, then George Kirby, then Luis Castillo against Oakland on Friday, as I mentioned, was supposed to be Easton McGee. There's been talk of them reshifting their rotation again. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Luis Castillo's start get pushed back from Thursday to Friday against the Astros. And now I know I've been talking about calling up one of our top pitching prospects from double A. Well, I think it's all but a lock that one of those guys is going to be starting in Oakland this week. Whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, one of the guys in Bryce Miller, Emerson Hancock, or Brian Wu, I think has got to get the call at this point. It is absolutely necessary. Currently with how it's lined up for the Arkansas Travelers, Bryce Miller is set to pitch next on Tuesday, Emerson Hancock on Wednesday, and Brian Wu a couple days after that. So if I had to guess, it would be either Bryce Miller on Tuesday or Emerson Hancock on Wednesday in Oakland. And if they don't call up one of those guys, then I'm just going to keep hounding it until they do because they, they really need to. Then Marco Gonzalez gave up eight runs today over three innings pitch. Five of them were earned. Let's hope this is just a one-off and not a trend. Otherwise, we have another rotation spot to deal with. And then you've got Logan Gilbert and George Kirby in the rotation. They're going to be solid this year. Kirby is coming off of the best game of his career in Philadelphia against the Phillies. He went eight innings, technically pitching a complete game. Mariners lost 1-0 in that game. Now, I keep talking about trying to use the farm system to help the team in the major leagues moving forward. I see a lot of people out there talking about potential trade talks, whether it's trading for a pitcher or a pitcher and a hitter in like Lucas Giolito, for example, that's on a one-year contract. Here's the deal. You take a look at a team like the White Sox. On paper, they have a great rotation. Clearly, looking at the stats, their rotation is not living up to their potential. Their team as a whole is not living up to their potential. Is this situation sounding kind of familiar? They have a solid bullpen when completely healthy. Liam Hendricks is making his comeback. Their lineup top to bottom has the potential there. Yes, they are currently 8-21 and and 9 games back in their division alone, but it is a very long season and we're only 29 games into the season. My thought process is that the White Sox would not be trading one of their top starting pitchers like Lucas Giolito right now unless the team they're trading with has a piece in the major leagues that they think can help the White Sox win today. Or if you're trading someone like a Bryce Miller plus something, you're not gonna have a shot at Lucas Giolito right now. And why wouldn't a team like the White Sox or any other team that's out of contention just wait until closer to the trade deadline to trade their players? Because at that point, multiple teams will be bidding on the same players, driving up the potential value of the prospect haul that that team would receive. For me, I just think your answer is right there in the farm system. So those are my thoughts at least on what the team should do. To the rest of you couch GMs out there, let me know in the comments below what you think the team should do. Do you think a trade for someone like a Lucas Giolito or another big arm is realistic or doable? And what would you trade for Lucas Giolito? And if you're still watching, I appreciate your support and I have some very exciting news coming after next weekend. Make sure to like and subscribe for more baseball content throughout the season and we'll see you next time. All right guys, goodbye Zondi, don't forget it. <laughs>